Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. will go to? Could La Liga be heading to ESPN? NBC confirms the pending shutdown of NBCSN. Plus, we have letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. I'm Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, joined alongside my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. If you're new to the podcast, uh, we're your weekly guide for hardcore soccer fans who want to stay uh, updated on getting the best out of the soccer viewing options from around the world. Well, Kartik, last week we did the podcast on Wednesday nights, released it on Thursday morning, and then all hell broke loose on Friday. That was with the Wall Street Journal uh, breaking the news officially that NBCSN uh, was going, going to be shut down either later this year or uh, early of 2022, and that uh, games would be moving to USA Network and to Peacock. Probably... Maybe by the end of the season, but definitely next season for the Premier League. There's definitely going to be a bunch of games on USA and NBC, and a whole post, a whole bunch on Peacock. What was what were your thoughts when you when you heard the news and saw that Wall Street Journal report? Yeah, I wasn't as maybe people remember because I wrote a story on this a month ago uh, after John Oran from SBJ had had uh, had teased it uh, and, and reported in his predictions that he felt like uh, they would get shut down. I wasn't uh, shocked. I was expecting it. Now, my concern is what has happened since Friday, which is we've heard a lot about uh, other sports, whether it's uh, it's fighting sports, it's uh, hockey, it's uh, auto racing, etc. NASCAR. Uh, we have not heard much about what the plans are for for the Premier League and for soccer on on NBC. So that has me, and we're recording this Wednesday night. So the the last five days, I'm a little more uneasy about what might happen next season. Uh, or whenever uh, the, it's shut down, there will be time left on uh, on, on NBC's contract, right? Because the contract expires uh, Next, May the, of, of twenty two, right? So yeah, even if it's January of 20, 20, uh, 22, it gets shut down. There will be some shift uh, of matches, and we saw mid season ESPN shift matches the year they launched ESPN Plus shift matches from uh, from uh, the the, the uh, from linear television 
to um, to behind the, uh, the the plus paywall. So there might be some shift to Peacock or to some other uh, linear channel during the course of next season. Or it might come as early as this summer, for, for all we know. Well, well, that's the thing. Like last season of the Premier League, we did see a shift, an early shift to Peacock. I mean, Peacock originally was going to launch um, in the summer uh, in coordination with the Olympics, but we started getting some getting some games on Peacock. I think it was June or so, but when the, when the season hadn't ended yet, but towards the end of that, that season. But but that's the thing, though, too, Kartik, is that uh, with these games moving to USA Network and to Peacock, I mean, this really, and, and shutting down NBCSN, this is really the first domino to fall. This is the first major sports network on cable and satellite television that, that's going out of business. And, and I think a lot of this is cost-cutting. This is a way for NBC Sports and NBC Universal to say, okay, we have all these properties that we have bought the rights to, including the Premier League. Uh, we have NBCSN, which is which is growing, and, and but then it, there's cord cutting happening, right? So people are getting rid of the cable. They're getting rid of the satellite. Um, so even though numbers have gone up uh, compared to where NBCSN started off way back when in, what, 2013 or so before they changed the name – uh, as a whole, people are cutting the cord and, and cable companies are, I mean, uh, actual networks are, are, are being shut down. And this is the first of many. We can expect to see other sports networks probably do the same thing. And uh, really, I mean, again, the future is streaming. The future is now. I mean, there's so much content uh, and sports programming and especially soccer that's on streaming, which we'll get to in a little bit as far as some other news. But Everything is heading this in this direction, and as you reported back in December, talking about this, um, this is to be expected, and, and and it did happen. At the same time, though, on that Friday night when Wall Street Journal did break the news, uh, I think IndyCar and I think some of the other partners that NBC had or have uh, the sports leagues that they have partnerships with, they issued uh, formal announcements saying that you mean we're looking forward to. Uh, being on USA Network, etc. So two things happened. I reached out to the Premier League to ask them, hey, do you guys have a, a comment or a statement that you'd like to share about NBCSN shutting down and most of your games that were on that network, which has been the home of the Premier League since 2013? Do you have anything to say about that? At the same time, though, I was hearing from one of my contacts in England to say that that the Premier League had absolutely no idea that this was happening. They were caught blindsided. The first they knew about um, the Premier League um, not being on NBCSN at some point in, in this year when NBCSN shuts down was that Wall Street Journal article. And within the Premier League, they were pretty upset about hearing the news this way. So we broke that story on Friday. Actually, no, I think on Saturday uh, once we got... Um, some additional um, information into that article. But it was a crazy 24 hours, Kartik. Yeah, and I think the Premier League wants to continue to be on linear television in the United States. I think they're very, very aware of what NBC did to increase their uh, their distribution and their um, the, the recognition of the Premier League as a mainstream sporting property in this country, at least initially the first few years uh, NBC broadcast the league. Now, as I think we've talked about repeatedly, that the ratings have stagnated. There have been um, just kind of a stalling of um, – of, 
momentum for the league and, and NBC has uh, their own coverage. And we talked about that at length and I know we're going to get more into that in the listener mailbag, but um, that, that their, their coverage has stagnated. So I don't know what the premier league is, what, what options they really have. We're going to get into that, but uh, they, uh, they can, they certainly cannot be happy about this and they have to be concerned that all the forward momentum they've had in the United States has now abruptly stopped. And it helped, I think, that Liverpool won a title, honestly, because mm-hmm. that kept a lot of Liverpool fans who were probably the most passionate group in this country uh, of, uh, of fans. I, the other group, I would say, is incredibly passionate, or at least, at least very vocal on social media from the U.S. or Spurs fans. But they have to um, they have to figure out how they continue to to elevate. They keep the Premier League on a pedestal above the other leagues, and this is something um, I think we should discuss regarding potential partners, media yeah. partners for the Premier League. Because I don't think they necessarily want to be on a network that is showing a lot of other European leagues. If they're showing MLS, that's fine, but showing other European leagues that then may. Uh, view those leagues as co-equals, right? I think the Premier League is probably concerned about that because they're very much into their own image. Yeah, the timing of this announcement is actually pretty good for the Premier League because they look at this and think, okay, yeah, this is this is not good about not knowing that NBCSN uh, officially was going to announce that they're going to shut down that channel. Also, at the same time, being upset with a lot of games moving to Peacock, including the biggest match of the year so far this season, Man United against Liverpool, wasn't a great game, but it was the biggest game of the season, and that was only on Peacock. But at the same time, they're, they're looking to the future. And, and the, the next TV deal, as you mentioned, uh, it ends with the, twen- the end of the 2021-2022 season. However, the discussions have already started. Uh, the bidding will begin in the next few months. And any broadcaster who's interested in the United States that wants to go ahead and submit a bid and put together a presentation and a proposal about how they're going to go ahead and uh, take the Premier League to the next level. And a lot of that is distribution. A lot of that is, okay, do you have access to cable channels? Do you have access to free-to-air or over-the-air channels? Do you have a streaming platform? Uh, How else will you market this league? Will you have uh, fan zones? Will you be doing a lot of social media marketing? What type of uh, talent are you thinking about when you're putting together a proposal like this? And so the Premier League will be looking at the NBCSN, who NBCSN is interested in renewing these rights, and will be thinking, okay, all right, NBCSN, it's been a great, um, what, eight years? We're in the, into the eighth year now. It's been a great eight years so far. There's, there's been some hiccups. There's been some negatives, but mostly positive. Uh, we love what you've been doing. However, at the same time, the talent that uh, – or the, the actual executives that are talking to NBC and the Premier League are different than they were when the deal was first done back in 2012, 2013. So things have changed quite a bit. But for you, Kartik, when you look at – we can go through each one of these too. So you've got ABC. So the ABC slash ESPN. So you've got that kind of family, that network, um, that giant, media giant really – as one possibility. You have CBS as another possibility. And CBS, of course, with CBS All Access as well, which has been renamed to Paramount Plus beginning March 4th. Uh, Then you have Fox. 
yeah, Fox that uh, is desperately out of the club soccer game, except for, I mean, really a few uh, Liga MX games and, of course, MLS. But for European club soccer, they're completely out of the business, but have a, a good uh, opportunity, have a good platform. And then you've got, um, who else have you got there, Kartik? So you got, uh, you got CBS, you got ABC, uh, you got NBC, and you got Fox. I think that's pretty much it as far as like the majors, right? Any, anyone else I'm forgetting? Yeah, I mean, if, if uh, the Premier League wants to stay on network television in the U.S., something that uh, they pro- they never found important in, in their own home market, ironically enough, the U.K. I mean, this is last season is the first season we had matches of. Uh, over the air, free to air in, in the UK because of the pandemic. Uh, BBC got some matches and that's continued uh, through today, but they never found that an important uh, aspect. In fact, British colleagues of mine were so stunned when they found out that, uh, that there were 30 to 32 matches a year free to air on NBC from the Premier League. They get, they, as I said, prior to last season, they had zero matches free to air uh, in the UK. But if that's something that, uh, that the Premier League wants to continue. Keep in mind, the Premier League had some games on Fox, uh, Big Fox, in their previous rights deal. Never on ABC, though, interestingly enough, with ESPN having uh, sub-licensed rights from Fox for four seasons. They never showed a match on ABC. I think that those would be the only options. So you've got ABC uh, via ESPN and ESPN deal, uh, NBC Fox and Fox, we has our NBC and Fox have already shown that they they will they will content share, and then CBS who have shown uh, their willingness to put women's soccer over the air. There were um, mm-hmm. five plus two, so seven NWSL matches on CBS this past year in a condensed season um, on, on free to air television on, on network television. So if CBS got the Premier League rights, having now um, effectively, they're out of the college football space. They are not out of the college basketball space by any stretch of the imagination, though. So that's a complication. But on the college football side, there, there would be more ability for CBS in the fall to show Premier League matches, even potentially an 8 p.m. UK time kickoff, 3 p.m. U.S. time, which, of course, NBC can't show on, over the year. They have to, they've always had to show those games on SN when, they, when they're uh, played at that time. So, so let's start with CBS then as the first one. So you mentioned so CBS over the air, uh, who don't have SEC football anymore, but like you said, they do have college basketball. Uh, they have golf, I believe. Yeah, they have a ton of golf, right. So there's not a lot of opportunities there. There, there. there will be times, I'm sure, throughout the year where they could put some games on CBS on, on a morning time, um, over the air, uh, and, and maybe a couple of other windows. Uh, at the same time, they've got the streaming platform. They also have CBS Sports Network, right? And they've also got um, CBS Sports HQ, which is their 24-7 news channel. And we've seen from the commitment, uh, commitment levels from the Champions League and the Europa League how committed they are to those uh, properties and how good of a job they've done. Also, at the same time, too, having a studio based out of London, which in the broadcasting of soccer in the United States, that was a, that was a, a revolutionary idea. That's something that's never been done before. We've always had... Uh, American talent. We've always had, I mean, whether it's a host or a, a studio or it was always American talent because I think 
I guess the networks, you mean the foxes of the world, um, ESPN probably to a degree too, probably felt that we need to have an American voice talking about whatever league it is in order to make it uh, feel more natural to somebody that's switching on, you mean uh, Fox uh, or FS1 or Fox Soccer Channel, whatever it may be. Um, so CBS definitely has a lot of things to offer. And Paramount Plus is probably the key part of that as far as they want to make sure that the Paramount Plus is just as big as Disney Plus, just as big as you mean, the Netflixes of the world and, and, and to make it a massive streaming service. And in order to do that, you need rights. And yes, they've got some great content. Uh, they've got the Stand series from Stephen King, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm watching that right now. Um, but at the end of the day, the Premier League would look at that and go, do we have enough access to over-the-air over network for CBS to have a big games on CBS, or, or will they be uh, pushed back to the CBS Sports Network? What do you think, Kartik? Yeah, so CBS also has NFL, and um, NBC, the only conflicts with NFL would be on at night, which is not a conflict for the Premier League. Golf is a complication, as it was with NBC, uh, because golf takes place during the day, right? It takes place during daytime hours, and we've seen a number of Premier League matches bump from NBC to NBCSN because of golf uh, through, through the years that the uh, – uh, that the, the network has had the Premier League. CBS, though, as I said, as you said, uh, lost the SEC rights. They have wi a wide open box when there's no golf, and actually the PGA Tour season now ends earlier. So if we get back to a normal calendar post-coronavirus, in theory, CBS would have August to November or December on Saturdays wide open, and they could always uh, play college basketball games later um, in, in show college basketball games on CBS instead of showing them at noon or 1 p.m. at 3 uh, on Saturdays. The complication comes as you get close uh, close to the NCAA tournament. There will be several weeks where CBS will not be able to show uh, anything else uh, other than uh, the NCAA tournament. But I think that they are uh, definitely a player. Their London-based studio might appeal to the Premier League also because there'll be personalities that they're used to that CBS could attract. Now, keep in mind that some of the personalities that CBS has for Champions League will not be available to do the Premier League on CBS. They would be uh, guys like Jamie Carragher are contracted to Fox uh, when it comes to Sky. weekend Premier League action. right? right? And, and same thing with a number of their other people that they use are contracted to various yeah. broadcasters. But, um, but, but, I, but, but I think, I think being, being, being based in London and it, having access to so much talent that's available in, in whether it's Europe or in, in, uh, in the UK that they could bring in easily uh, some top-level talent that they're, they're not with BBC or ITV or Sky Sports or I mean, some of, uh, some of the uh, European channels, there's a great opportunity there to bring in some talent if they wanted to. And, and I would point out Clive Tilsley, who is their uh, top uh, uh, commentator, never, because he didn't work for Sky, never got to call a Premier League match until NBC hired him to do a few matches. He had done some match of the day stuff, I think, at one point. Obviously, he was with ITV for years. They didn't have Premier League rights. So he had called everything else, World Cup finals, uh, England internationals for years, uh, other leagues, but he had never gotten to call the Premier League. So there, that, that just speaks to what you're saying, Chris. There are, there's a lot of talent and a lot of people. I, I remember when he, when he called that first NBC game, I think both you and I were shocked to learn he had never called a Premier League match before. That's right. Uh, 
but in fact, it was true. So uh, there, I don't know that there's anyone else of Clive Tilsley's stature or level, but there are others of a high level that uh, are not contracted to Premier League broadcasters that are based in the UK that CBS could hire. Yeah, and there's a bunch of commentators too that do a lot of work for the the world feed. So, so the TWI IMG feed that we get for the Premier League. So, one name just to throw out there, not to say that he would be the the marquee name, but like like someone like Jonathan Pierce, who yeah. does who does a lot of work, or, or someone like. Um, Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of who else. Jonathan Pierce is doing a lot of women's games, too, which might be particularly interesting to CBS since they've, they've got this uh, deal going with NWSL also. CBS might be interested in, in the uh, women's Super League side if they do, which, of course, NBC has gotten as well. But if they do get the Premier League rights and Jonathan Pierce is now effectively the voice of that league. Yeah, yeah. Oh, someone like Stuart Robson, someone that we've we've loved for the longest time. Yes, I know he works for ESPN as a kind of a correspondent, but um, and, and I'm sure there's a ton of other players that are former players or or kind of uh, recently retired players, uh, as well as talent or even managers. Or th- there's so much to choose from. So th- so that's a possibility. I, I think with CBS, they would look at this as just a fantastic opportunity to go ahead and boost the number of subscribers to Paramount Plus, uh, which is currently CBS All Access, but it'll be renamed. And um, they have the access to the television, they have access to CBS Sports Network. It's just whether or not in terms of programming, in terms of uh, their commitment, what they believe, how many games would be on broadcast television versus cable television versus streaming, and whether that... Uh, proposal would be enough to persuade the Premier League to consider that bid, depending, again, on how much they're bidding, if they're their highest bidder or not. I, I think there's there's definitely interest there. Um, whether, it's an, uh, uh, whether it's enough, we'll have to wait and see. So let, let's look at um, Fox, Kartik. So Fox, like I said, completely out of the European club game. Um, they have the rights to the World Cup, both the men's and women's, as well as Major League Soccer. Um, the thing about Fox is that because they haven't really televised much soccer in the last several months, actually I was looking at the, their TV ratings the other day, their TV ratings are doing great on FS1, even without soccer. So I, I think the executives probably are probably thinking, like, why would we spend over a billion dollars for the rights to the Premier League when everyone, not everyone, but so many people hate Fox's coverage of soccer. So you won't get the diehard fans getting too excited. The mainstream fans may not care as as much, but the, the mainstream fans are more into baseball or to basketball or NFL football. I, I just think with Fox is that um, they've been there, they've done that. Um, it was a success for them in their early days, but I think they've moved on. I, I just don't see Fox being a... Uh, having much interest in the rights to this. Do you agree or disagree? Well, I agree because they also don't have any sort of uh, major streaming platform component ever since selling their interest in Hulu uh, to Disney, which is part of the whole, they sold most of their properties to, to Disney, most of the News Corp, at least broadcast properties uh, around the world, not just in the U.S., but uh, all, all over the world uh, to Disney. So I, I don't think that they're going to be interested. I I would not be shocked if now the Premier League didn't allow joint bids last time, but if they do allow a joint bid this time, a Fox piggybacked with somebody. All right, Kartik, let's move on to NBC. So NBC having a long history with the Premier League, a lot of positives, as we have mentioned. I just wonder, 
in this next deal or this next proposal that NBC is working so hard to go ahead and renew is what do they say that's different? What do you think that they're going to say that's going to be different than what they're doing now? How can they convince uh, the Premier League to renew other than offering a ton of money? I mean, is there anything you can think of that uh, could be a possibility? They add more matches on uh, over the year. They go from 30 to 50 or so a, a season, although I, I don't know where they're going to find those time slots, honestly, on NBC, because they are uh, committed, and I should have mentioned this in, with reference to CBS also, there, you have to have, uh, per FCC guidelines, a certain amount of educational programming and a certain amount of public affairs programming on the weekends. And then what ends up happening is the rest of the time gets filled with American sports, generally, mm-hmm. on, uh, on these networks. So C- uh, NBC has managed to shoehorn in... Uh, one Premier League match a week uh, in, into that. Would they be willing to go to two? I don't know. So then you have to ask about USA. USA Network is in more house, uh, households than NBCSN. It's a much more mainstream channel, although they've had a drop in ratings lately. I saw, I noticed this past year they were down to the 20th most watched cable channel in the country. USA at one time was in the top 10. Uh, but still, 20th is very different than NBCSN, which is like 65th or 70th or so like that so you're 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 in theory on a better platform uh if nbc is actually committed to showing two or three premier league matches a week on usa network that is what the premier league needs to hear from nbc we will we will give you our top rated cable channel which is uh usa we will give you two or three time slots a week on that uh, on that channel, not just the 3 p.m. Uh, kickoff, which is 10 a.m. Eastern time kickoffs, but uh, that early morning slot, that slot, uh, that 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 uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time, and one of the Sunday slots, preferably the 11:30 Eastern time kickoff. If if you if they're not willing to do that on USA, and they're going to say, oh, some of those matches will be on CNBC, some of those matches will be bumped to Peacock. I think the Premier League has to seriously consider other options this having been said nbc is the incumbent i think they are the favorite and i think it would be in nbc's best interest they're already i think going to move more more matches to peacock uh unlike other people who think that's outrageous i think it's fair the premier league ratings we talk about them on this show every week they have not really improved it's still the most watched uh league among english language dominant soccer fans in the country uh, twice as many viewers as the next uh, next one, which would be MLS. Uh, but it's not really growing. Um, so uh, I think you're we're in a position where um, they should take what they can get from NBC if they're willing to give those three slots a weekend on USA plus the uh, plus the one or hopefully two or one and a half, let's say uh, on uh, on NBC a weekend. Then I would call it call it a day, call it a deal. Not even have to talk to anyone else. Um, unless the Premier League is looking for more money, which I'm not sure they are. I think the visibility component is going to be more important to them than the financial component. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. It's like they will say that the distribution and and the visibility are the most important things, but then they are – they're they're answering to the clubs. So the clubs will – each the Man United, the Liverpools, you mean the Aston Villas, every single club will say like, hey, we need to make sure that uh, our international rights, the amount of money that we're getting from uh, the international markets is as high as it can be so that we can compete against the – you mean the the Barcelona's, the Real Madrid's, the Bayern Munich's. So I think it's it's a difficult balance for the Premier League, again – 
facing the press, they will say, yeah, visibility, distribution is most important. Behind closed doors, it, it's all about the money. Having said that, though, too, I think with NBC, the challenge with over the air, I mean, they have that one game on almost every Saturday at 1230 Eastern time, is that their, their hands are tied behind their back because they have what? They have NFL on Sunday afternoons. Uh, on Sunday mornings is political programming, Meet the Press. Uh, Saturday mornings is usually uh, kids' cartoons, which they're, uh, they have to, by, by law, you mean broadcast those. So the windows of time that they have are difficult. Uh, they could do like, and the Premier League doesn't have a lot of games that are on um, mid-afternoon, like kind of the the three o'clock kickoffs or the or the two fifteen kickoffs. We've seen since uh, the coronavirus more games scheduled in that window, but they're usually on Peacock. So th- th- there's a, there's a possibility there, depending on what other programming they got going on. Um, but at the same time, too, they've got the Olympics this summer. Maybe who knows, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, yeah. so I think I think their hands are tied. I mean, the the, the thing for me is with USA, which is really interesting, is this past week um, also, uh, NBC Universal, which runs Peacock, did a deal with the World uh, Wrestling Entertainment um, Organization. So, you mean the the major wrestling uh, league, and they paid a billion dollars for the exclusive streaming rights to the WWE. So Peacock, and, and actually in the quotes they uh, mentioned this week, one of the head executives who we've interviewed in the past, he said that they want to make Peacock a uh, kind of have sports be a, an important tier of the programming that's available on Peacock. So if you had wrestling and you continue to have the Premier League, um, that's a pretty attractive uh, opportunity for, for, for a sports fan or somebody that's... I mean, that's young or middle-aged, whatever age they are, but they're interested in entertainment as well as The Office, as well as all the other programming they have. So now whether that whether that's good enough for the Premier League, whether that's what the Premier League would want, uh, having these games on streaming, and, and yes, some games on NBC, and yes, some games on USA, I'm not sure. It, to me, it's not a perfect scenario. And that's the thing, Kartik. I think with uh, we've talked about Fox, we've talked about CBS, and we've talked about NBC, None of them are a perfect scenario uh, in terms of what they offer. But what about ABC and ESPN? Do you think they have uh, the perfect scenario there? Uh, no, because, uh, again, I, I don't think the Premier League wants to be on an equal footing with the Bundesliga or uh, or uh, uh, Serie A or, or La Liga. Potentially, we'll get into La Liga in a minute, right? You, you had a pretty fascinating report earlier this week. Even the tone on NBC is a tone that the Premier League is superior, right? The Premier League is the greatest show on earth. Uh, these other European leagues are, 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 are uh, pedestrian by uh, by comparison. Obviously, I don't believe this. In fact, I think it might be the opposite in some cases. But that, that that's the tone, right? And and they set the tone on NBC by uh, effectively. I mean, in fact, I was having a conversation with, with someone this week who said. They, they're they're fed up with NBC because NBC acts like uh, other competitions are, uh, are are don't even exist. I mean, they, they they even the FA Cup, which is a domestic competition, if they don't broadcast it or it's not the Premier League, it's not of of of, of certain importance. And if it's not the Premier League, uh, if a player comes from a player or manager comes from another league, they clearly are coming from an inferior place, right? This is like going from the minor leagues in baseball to the major leagues in the way they view it. So the Premier League has a very patronizing, and I mean, you even hear this from Stu Robson. 
Uh, you mentioned him a little while ago. He's a potential hire for CBS. Stuart Robson even has said this on ESPN on multiple occasions, that the Premier League has a very patronizing view towards everybody else. So would they accept being on ESPN's platform, where ESPN is very invested in promoting the Bundesliga, is uh, maybe less invested than they used to be in promoting MLS, but still gives MLS a lot of promotion, a lot of love. Uh, uh, I think the MLS thing would bother Premier League less. It's the other European leagues. Uh, if uh, at Serie A, they've increased their uh, the exposure of that league, and if they get La Liga, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, Chris, they will go to the map for La Liga because Barcelona and Real Madrid are bigger brand names in this country than any other European club, save maybe Manchester United. So, um, I don't know if the Premier League wants to be in that position. They, they, they put themselves on a pedestal, being on a broadcaster that is 100% committed to them and, uh, quite frankly, has, has talent, maybe whether it's by design or it's their gen, genuine view that looks down upon other leagues and other competitions in Europe. Um, I think that serves the Premier League's narrative very well. So I don't think the ESPN thing is likely unless they were given like 30 dates on ABC, which is possible uh, outside of college football season. Um, the college football is a complication, mm-hmm. right? But ABC does not have any NFL that they show. So they could show Sunday matches potentially on ABC particularly. And I think this, this Sunday 1130 kickoff, it's only a half an hour, but when it used to be 11, it was more complicated for American, um, for American broadcasters because of that public affairs political programming you mentioned on Sunday mornings, which the networks are obligated to carry. Um, they, they have to show those uh, on Sunday morning. They have to dedicate a certain amount of, um, of uh, time on Sunday mornings to uh, public affairs per, per, per federal law. But um, 11.30 makes it easier to potentially show that match. So you could see uh, some sort of deal with ABC if the Premier League is – if ESPN is willing to give the Premier League the ABC windows that it has not given other soccer leagues. And I know they've shown a handful of MLS games here and there uh, on uh, on, on uh, ABC recently. But, uh, I mean, the, the, the weekly commitment. Otherwise, I think it's a non-starter. I think just from the Premier League's own, own image and their, their arrogance, quite frankly, I don't think they want to be on a platform that's promoting the Bundesliga equally or Serie A equally to them. So if I'm an executive at, say, Fox or CBS or ESPN, I mean, and we're trying to figure out a way to to beat NBC to make sure that NBC doesn't get the rights for the next three to six years. I, I'm calling up the, uh, the 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 execs, the top execs at ESPN, at, at Fox, and, and and CBS, saying like, "Hey, if we go in with a partnership, if we go in with a joint deal, that could guarantee that we get the rights if the price is right." Because between ESPN, ESPN might have the 7:30 uh, kickoff um, on, say, ESPN or ESPN two. Uh, NBC could have the uh, not NBC. I'm sorry. Uh, Fox could have the the twelve thirty kickoff. Um, maybe CBS then with with their window. There's opportunities to ha- have a game that's on over the air, and then have some of the games on streaming. Some some maybe on ESPN Plus. Some of it on Paramount Plus. Uh, maybe a deal also with a streaming service such as uh, Discovery Plus, uh, or, or another streaming service such as DAZN. And, and then share the rights among all those and figure out a way to do it effectively and then actually give the Premier League what they want, which is a, a massive deal. Do you think that would be enough to convince NBC? 
I think uh, uh, to, to, to convince uh, to convince the Premier League. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I, I've actually thought in the back of my mind this whole time that uh, Amazon. And now, I obviously people who follow me on Twitter saw, and I think you retweeted it, so uh, everyone saw it. The uh, uh, that I, I I think that Discovery is actually a, a player for these rights because of Discovery Plus, and because they have the Discovery Channel and other channels where they could conceivably show half those Premier League matches a week on cable, um, but they don't have a network. They don't have an over-the-air channel. It's a complication for Discovery because I, uh, right away when this was reported on Friday, Discovery was the first, uh, f- first thing I thought of. I thought, okay, they're going to go in because, by the way, they have been on Premier League rights before in the U.S., which uh, I'm not sure people remember. And I, I'm trying to remember which rights cycle that was, but they did. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That may have been – that may have been when NBC first won the rights. Maybe Discovery bid that time. They were the uh, I believe so. Yeah, uh, like the 2012 when yeah, the, the bid. I think that they were maybe the second bidder, second highest bidder. Um, Fox had come in way low. The incumbent Fox and ESPN. Yeah, so Discovery has been interested in these rights before. Uh, believe it or not, people may not know that because they don't show sports. But this was one property they thought I think because of the time slots being uh, more morning and it wouldn't, it wouldn't interfere with any of the primetime programming type of thing, the one sporting property they seem to show interest in. So I could see that. The, the issue now is getting on network television. So maybe zone and Amazon Prime emerge as, as players, and especially for Fox. So I mentioned maybe one of them picks up the rights and then sub-licenses, and it, it's also much easier to do a deal with Fox if you're DAZN or Amazon because uh, Disney is a rival in the streaming space. Uh, NBC Universal Comcast is a rival in the streaming space. Viacom slash CBS slash Paramount Plus is a rival in the streaming space. Fox is no longer a rival. So you could be Amazon Prime, pick up the, the bulk of these matches. We see they already have some rights in the UK um, and have gotten pretty good reviews for, for, for their coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, in, fa- in fact, uh, a lot of people are saying, gosh, you know, Amazon Prime is doing things with their – 20 matches a year or whatever they have. They don't have that many matches, but there are a few match days a year that they have that, that Sky and VT are not doing, right? Their actual coverage is, is very innovative. So right. um, they, and they've hired some really good commentators, including John Champion, who uh, everyone who listens to this podcast is familiar with. So I, I think that that's a possibility. Prime gets the rights. They sublicense 20, 25 games to Fox to show not on Fox Sports or Fox FS1, but on Fox over the air, or same thing with the zone, um, and then there's of course the discovery uh, potential, which would take the Premier League off of um, off of over the air television, but probably give the Premier League more games on cable television than any other possibility. So that's the discovery thing is hard to gauge because I think yes they want the content for Discovery Plus but they also probably will have more ability to show the games on television than any of the, the other uh, bidders we're talking about but they just don't have a network component so that's is is being on over the air um, once a week and maybe get one other game on cable better for the Premier League or is having potentially five games on cable a week, which is what they've had with NBCSN, five or six games and then the rest on streaming on Discovery Plus, a better deal. They have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the thing I said earlier that could head this off, Chris, is if NBC committed to giving three matches, that's my magic number, three matches a week on USA to the Premier League. I 
don't think they'll do that. But what I'm saying is if they do do that, I think the Premier League will stay with NBC. Yeah, a lot of this too is about pride. So if you're um, the head of ABC slash ESPN or you're the head of CBS, uh, are you willing to go ahead and, and work with a rival network to come up with a proposal, with, with a plan, a joint plan to go into the Premier League to say, hey, we've actually put a plan together to actually work together because we want to make you the Premier League uh, like the NFL of, of the United States for soccer. So, for example, like with the NFL, you've got games on what? you got games on Fox, you got games on uh, CBS, you got games on all these different channels. Um, there's no way that like one single channel can bring you all the NFL games and bring you all the coverage that you want. We we working together uh, will be able to put together a package that's going to just you mean blow your mind and also bring in a, a ton of money. Having said that, though, too, I mean, I think that's the only way that um, that any of those networks can beat NBC, unless it's based on just just actually how much they're bidding, because an ESPN by itself doesn't have everything it's not a perfect scenario same thing with fox same thing with cbs but working together and maybe in conjunction with some of these streaming services coming up with a really great proposal that could be enough to get the premier league to say yep that's what we want to do for the next three to six years that that makes total sense uh it would be a mess it would be like major league soccer where you don't know which game is going to be on which day on which time but you mean we've we talked about this before if you're so much of a fan you will find out where those games are you will find out if it's on ESPN or ABC or CBS or Discovery Plus or ESPN Plus you name it i mean we're used to that by now uh it adds complexity but it definitely uh gives the premier league the reach and the distribution that they so crave so let me finish on this point, following up on what you just said. I don't know where everybody's heads are, the executives right now, as we do go through this in January 2021. I can tell you for several years, from about 2013 to 20, 2018, 2019, Comcast slash NBC Universal was seen as the big enemy of all of these uh, broadcasters, which would prompt them to team up. The reason is not only do they have a network and now a streaming platform in, in, in Peacock and all these cable channels they own, they are also a cable provider. Um, I think AT&T buying the Turner networks and CNN and HBO, that might um, that might change that dynamic a little bit. Maybe AT&T is seen as big an enemy, although AT&T we haven't discussed in, in relation to this, so maybe it's irrelevant when we're talking about this. But there was... Even though folks at Disney, Disney slash ESPN or uh, Viacom slash CBS and Fox, News Corp Fox, they all see each one another as rivals. They're more liable to team up with one another if NBC is on the other side than one of them teaming up with NBC against the other is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, Comcast has been the big enemy. You know, a big bear in the room, if you will. So if that dynamic is still there when these rights are bid on. What you're laying out, Chris, very well could happen because um, any chance to punish Comcast uh, seems to be in the MO of both Disney and and uh, and Viacom. Yeah, at the same time, you have to be really careful about that too because we see we've seen what's happened to be in sports when they went went up against Comcast and you mean, <laughs> right. took took them to the FCC and said, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and protest about this decision. Uh, we should be in sports. We should be on uh, Comcast. This is crazy that we're not." 
and and that didn't end well for for, for B in sports in terms of them not being available still uh, a couple of years later on Comcast or DirecTV or or any of the major uh, cable or TV networks. So yeah, it's it it is. Um, you have to be extremely careful. But 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 speaking of being sports and speaking of ESPN Plus, um, a news report came out this week that uh, we published here at World Soccer Talk, and it has the full article at worldsoccertalk.com. Uh, it's been doing the rounds quite a bit these last few days. But that report is, is that um, ESPN has been in, in discussions with La Liga to try to figure out a way if they can acquire the rights to La Liga. And La Liga, the rights uh, for La Liga are within, uh, with being sports exclusively uh, up until 2024. However, there's a lot of question marks about being sports, uh, everything from the distribution or lack of distribution to uh, how long will they be around? Are they committed past uh, the 2022 uh, World Cup in Qatar? Uh, how committed are they to, to being a long-term player uh, on U.S. television in this country. Now, globally, they're a massive uh, uh, media company. Globally, they have the rights to La Liga in most of the world, uh, and part of that global deal was the United States. However, ESPN's in discussions. They've had talks. They're, they're actively trying to figure out a way if they can get those rights. And that could be a possibility for the Premier League in the future, too, is that even though... Like you mentioned, Kartik, ESPN Plus, maybe with the Premier League, they don't want to be on the same level or seen to be on the same level as a La Liga potentially, but also Serie A, Bundesliga, uh, etc. But that could be something too if ESPN and ABC says, hey, we will put you on ESPN Plus, which is in what, I think about 12 million homes in the United States and growing rapidly. Uh, but we will have games on ESPN, we'll have games on ESPN2. And we'll have games on ABC now and again. And actually, even that proposal, um, to me, would be pretty attractive. Also, ESPN FC daily coverage. I mean, a lot of discussion, a lot of clips and highlights, as well as Sports SportsCenter. Um, it's not going to give them the, the distribution on the over-the-air channel on ABC as much as they want. But it's still an attractive proposition. And any time I've reported about ESPN+, Plus, whether it was this report about La Liga... Or the report back in September, we, we broke the news about uh, the Scottish Premier League rights. The internet, I mean, the Twitter sphere, social media has absolutely, absolutely exploded. People just love ESPN Plus. Yeah, and, and I, I love ESPN Plus. We, we, uh, this week, I can't even keep track of the number of matches I watched because uh, of ESPN Plus. I mean, I'm watching Eredivisie. I'm watching matches from the Indian League. I'm watching matches uh, from from everywhere. In addition to my usual viewing of, of German and uh, and Italian matches on ESPN Plus and championship matches, uh, uh, FA Cup. We we not only had the FA Cup this weekend. We had a we had a couple of championship matches, significant ones on ESPN Plus. It, it, it's it's uh, for a soccer fan. You don't. We're getting to the point where, and this is where the Premier League is 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 in a different uh, is in a different uh, environment, different different universe. Really, uh, we're getting to the point where if you're not a Premier League fan but you're a soccer fan, you don't need anything else. You don't need television. You don't need anything. You just need whatever box you can get ESPN Plus through your Roku stick or whatever. Uh, you're you're five ninety eight a month or six ninety eight a month, whatever it is, and, and that's it. Um, and that's I, I think as we go back to the Premier League for just a second, that's a dangerous place to be because and again, I'm making this uh, this comment, assuming this happens. And 
and and BN uh, loses the La Liga rights in some fashion to to uh, ESPN. I, I think at that point. Um, it is the one-stop shop for most soccer fans. And, and uh, we know, just in, from our own anecdotal experience and talking to people, and it comes up all the time, as recently as yesterday with a prominent person in my conversation, that like Premier League fans, a lot of them are in a vacuum, right? They're Premier League fans. They're not really soccer fans. They're not really fans of other leagues. They're not fans of domestic soccer in the U.S. So if you're an overall soccer fan – even if the Premier League stays on NBC or goes to Discovery or one of these other places we're talking about and is not on ESPN, you could probably buy ESPN Plus and live without uh, the Premier League. And so that's something I think that is really, really interesting. If La Liga moves there, um, it's uh, it's a huge move. And I think it's a, it would be a big move for La Liga. I don't need to repeat everything I've said about BN, whose coverage I like, by the way, but whose distribution issues, I think, have really hurt that league in Spanish football in general in the U.S. I think it'd be tremendous if they could, if they could get the ESPN. But, but, but if, if and when ABC and ESPN talks to the Premier League and says, hey, we're really interested in, in this uh, next bit, uh, bidding that's happening in the next few months for the Premier League rights, uh, not only do we have the Bundesliga and Serie A, and we have the Game of the Week on Serie A, and we've got uh, games now and again on, on the Bundesliga on um, on ESPN, and who knows, maybe some of those on ABC in the future, perhaps. Um, but also, it looks like we're going we're gonna to get La Liga. Uh, we are effectively the soccer channel in the United States. We have the vast majority of club soccer from around the world, and the only one thing we're missing... Uh, big time uh, on the English language viewership side is the Premier League. So if we're able to get the Premier League, we become the soccer destination. We will, we will at our price point of the the five ninety nine a month, we become kind of the the de facto soccer channel. And not being on there is actually a risk in some ways too. But yeah, yeah, it's it's six bu- yeah, bucks a yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not on there. You, you could lose some steam, definitely, as everything moves towards streaming and, and, and people are cutting the cord. Yeah, I, I think if they're not on there, there is a risk as people are cutting the cord and, and, and um, the memories of the people that NBC reached the first few years, they, they, they had the Premier League rights and that before the ratings stagnated are lost. The other thing with the Premier League and ESPN, I should mention, is ESPN specializes in very cutting-edge analysis, and the ESPN FC doesn't pull, uh, show doesn't pull their punches about Serie A matches or uh, or Bundesliga matches because they're on the network. If if a, if a match stunk, they say so. If a uh, if a player was poor, they say so. If the league if they don't think the league is is very good this season, they say so. So uh, that's uh, I think an uncomfortable place for the Premier League because the Premier League. At least the last few years on uh, on uh, ESPN, and I think it kind of co- on NBC kind of coincides, in my opinion, with the quality level of the Premier League beyond the first, but beyond Man City and Liverpool slipping. Uh, I, I think the Premier League was the best league in the world in 2010, even if a lot of league teams were winning Europe. Uh, I do not think the Premier League is the best team league in the world in 2021. I'm not sure where it is. It's not number one. I'm not. I'm not even sure it's number two. But there's been this slippage. As that slippage has been happening, and as people like you and I in the soccer world talk amongst ourselves about that slippage, NBC has become more propaganda-ish in talking about, oh, greatest show on earth. Oh, Kai Havertz came from the Bundesliga, so he doesn't know what it's like to play in the Premier League. Um, Thiago, you know, he has to adjust to the Premier League. Does he really? He played played for the best team in the world, Bayern Munich, okay? Um, But 
that's the thing. I don't know if the Premier League would be comfortable with the tone of ESPN's analysts because they, they don't pull their punches. And they're not going to pull their punches if the Premier League's on that broadcaster. It's on their, it's on their network. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm not sure if they, how much attention they would actually kind of give to the analysts and the pundits and whether they kind of zero in on that. They might be looking just at the, the main metrics, like the number of uh, viewers, the number of the amount of engagement, the amount of reach uh, in terms of um, that, and also the dollar signs too. And yes, that's an important part of um, the product, so to speak, in quotation marks, is the actual coverage, the, you mean the pre-match, the post-game, the halftime, uh, the other shows, the shoulder programming. Um, but I think they would look, they, they'd be thinking Sports Center. Can we get some of those highlights on Sports Center? And even if, say, Craig Burley was giving some really honest, uh, some honest criticism about um, how poor Manchester United is uh, under uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I don't think the Premier League would be that concerned unless they unless he said something completely eerie and that was really just off 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 the uh, off off the kilter, so to speak. But um, but I might be wrong though. You might be right, Kartik, in terms of uh, it. It is true. I mean, with NBC Sports, I'd say in the last twelve months, it's really they've really turned up the hype machine a lot. Where it is, they talk about uh, no wonder this is the best league in the world. Dot dot dot. You know what I mean? And it's um, and and that usually happens when it's just like a last minute goal that goes in, and it's like wow. You mean and that's becoming less and less those types of moments. I mean, I still enjoy watching the league. Um, but with any league, it's it's an up and down. It's a roller coaster. Some some years are better than others. Before we move on, Kartik, just two quick things real fast is that uh, speaking of being sports, and we've mentioned La Liga, well, being sports extra, which is their free over-the-air channel, um, they're still working actively on trying to promote that. And it's now available on Vizio TVs in the United States. So the channel is available 24-7 from the SmartCast home screen. So if you have a Vizio TV, check it out under the SmartCast feature, and you should be able to see Being Sports Extra. It won't have um, all the Real Madrid and Barcelona games, but you will see some uh, Liga in action, some Turkish football, um, and other programming. It's usually it's looked at as being kind of a... Um, I guess a sister channel or kind of a uh, kind of a, a complementary channel, and and it's free of charge. So definitely check that out uh, if you have a, a Vizio Smartcast TV. Should mention at this moment that BN, for all the criticism I give them for their their problems with Comcast and AT and T, which again may go back to Comcast and AT and T having too much influence in the media space, but that's a topic for another day. They have done a really good job of getting BN Sports Extra in different places. So if particularly if you like the French league, which some people I know do, if you like, and the title race in that league is is on this year. Actually, Will and Leon have kept pretty close to PSG. Uh, it's a great little product beyond sports extra yeah yeah absolutely looking ahead to this weekend's action uh, my pick my recommendation pretty predictable really but but still it's uh, arsenal against manchester united um on saturday twelve thirty eastern time kickoff on nbc and telemundo this one manchester united just it doesn't feel like a title race but they're still there they're still in it and then arsenal who continue to disappoint when I expect them to do well. But anytime it's Arsenal against Man United, um, I get excited and I, I'm looking forward to this match on, on Saturday. What about you, Kartik? What's your uh, recommendation for this weekend? 
Yeah, that, that, that's a good one. I think Arsenal's playing so well right now. Uh, it's interesting to see them score three goals without Aubameyang. So uh, let's see if Aubameyang gets, gets right back into the team. Um, I, I, for me, it's Barca and Athletic, Bilbao, uh, this weekend, 3 p.m. on BN on Sunday. Just because of we, the, the match, the epic match we saw between those two teams two weeks ago on ESPN, actually, or ESPN2. And Barcelona had a chance to win a trophy. Uh, Ronald Koeman has been under so much fire, uh, as has the club in general, and they blew it. And and Bilbao uh, got that equalizer in stoppage time, then Inaki Williams, the wonder goal in in extra time, and Bilbao won uh, won the trophy, which is really, uh, really, really significant for them because they also have the opportunity now because the super uh, the, the Spanish the uh, Copa del Rey was never completed last season. They actually have the opportunity to win the Copa del Rey, um, uh, the 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 the, uh, the final coming up. So they could actually do a cup double this year. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Barcelona plays against Bilbao, given that uh, setback. And Barcelona now, uh, for all the criticism, they're only three points behind Real Madrid in second. Uh, Atleti, we think, is going to win La Liga, but it's still Atleti. They may collapse at some point. So uh, this is an important game for Barcelona. They're still – I think they could still catch Real Madrid and finish second. And as we said, uh, uh, I, I expect Atleti to win it. But Atleti is – until Atleti actually wins the title, um, again, I know they won one in, in 2014. But until they win another title with this set of players, uh, we're going to have doubts about them. All right, moving on to TV ratings. Uh, the recent match on Fox Deportes between Monterrey and Club America in Liga MX set a network Liga MX regular season record with 657,000 total viewers. So definitely a, a good showing there for Fox Deportes. Moving on to this little mailbag, uh, Curtis says, when I heard about NBCSN going away as of... Um, the end of this year, I thought about what you and Kartik talked about the past three weeks regarding the future of the Premier League's coverage here in the States. Spot on indeed. After about seven seasons of waking up early Saturday mornings to watch Rebecca Lowe and company bring the Premier League to fans like myself, I have to ask who will step up and deliver beginning next season. Well, it won't be next season, it'll be the season after that. But uh, here is my suggestion, uh, says Curtis. Tudu NA on the Spanish language side. Uh, Premier League in the mornings and Liga MX at night. Uh, we're talking football from sunrise to late night weekends. And then ESPN and ESPN Plus on the English language side. I'm sure on that one, I'm sure ESPN would love to have the Spanish language uh, broadcast be on ESPN Deportes, their, their Spanish channel. Um, but if it was a, a joint bid or if it, if ESPN went in for the English language rights and didn't get the Spanish language rights and Tudo Ene said, hey, hey, we'll take them, uh, that could be attractive. The, the, the challenge is, is that um, for a lot of these Premier League matches, um, they don't have a lot of Mexican players or don't have a lot of players from from Central America. And I think that would be the, the part of it that uh, Tudo Ene would be reluctant to go in with a ton of money, especially when they've had tons of layoffs. Uh, to go in big on this one when the viewership may not be what what uh, they expect, but still a good idea nonetheless. We say that and we assume that, and that that's absolutely true from the way two DNA and and 
Univision, quite frankly, have viewed leagues historically, European leagues. How, uh, however, it's, you know, the Eredivisie, uh, the leagues that have had the most Mexican players have been the Eredivisie and the Portuguese league. So those have gotten kind of the most love from uh, the, the the Mexican American media, if you will. However, the number of young second generation Mexican Americans that watch the Premier League blows my mind. And it's actually a subject I talked about with uh, our former host of this show, uh, or predecessor of this show, Richard Farley, the other day, that it blows his mind, too. The number of people we know from our soccer, being in the soccer world, that are Mexican-American, that are interested in the Premier League, but not interested in other European leagues. And they watch Liga Mekis, obviously. But the one European league they're interested in is, is the Premier League, even though they're other than Jimenez, who's injured now, there are no prominent Mexican players, and there are all these prominent Irving Lozano uh, and all these other great Mexican players that, in other leagues. It really blows blows our mind. So the question is, does 2DNA, uh, Televisa, who, who's partner to 2DNA, Televisa and Univision recognize this? Uh, or do they go with their traditional view that, well, there, there's not many Mexican players in that league, we're not going to bid? So that that's the big question. Next up is Will Sams, and Will says, Thanks for mentioning the Paul Pogba thing. When I do find myself listening to English soccer, it usually drifts to talking about Manchester United and subsequently goofy talk about Pogba as he as if he dropped a deuce in their cereal. It's strange. He goes on to say, I've stopped listening to Sirius XM FC myself. Way too much thirsty EPL talk for those who don't want it. As for strictly American soccer coverage, Jason Davis needs a co-host to bounce uh, stuff off on because, at least obvious to me, he routinely goes on a bit trying to fill time. With that said, it's uh, obvious he has been asked to talk about the, the Premier League as well. It's as if the heads of the SiriusXM think that all Americans want to hear about the flipping EPL and not soccer in our region or in Latin America. Lastly, Goal TV lost a lot of good talent over the, few, the last few years. The two guys doing commentary now have improved over time. I've come to, the, I've come to like... Um, the Premier League. Oh, I, I've, I'm sorry. I've come to like them when I previously avoided them. Still, I do miss the previous talent and coverage of Brazilian football. Next up is Nick. And Nick says, um, this one's a long one, but it's a good one. With talks of the European Super League going around again, I think there are two fundamental business reasons why this isn't the best, in- isn't the best interest of the clubs that are leading the charge and therefore won't happen. Number one, by creating an NFL, NBA-style Super League, Juventus, Bayern, PSG, etc., would all, all be ceding their supremacy. The reason these clubs are so popular and commercially successful is because they win all the time. In a Super League, they would be just one of the 16 or whatever number of teams involved. They'd be lucky to win a trophy every couple of years, certainly not every year. Something has to be the bottom dweller. Not everyone can win. Why would clubs that win multiple trophies every year want to take on the risk of being perennial bottom dwellers? And can't take, we'll take a pause there just to answer that one. My answer to that is money. I, I don't think they're thinking about winning trophies. They're thinking about, okay, there's a guaranteed, what is it, 14 teams that will always play in the European Super League year after year after year. That's guaranteed cash cow. 
every single year in terms of the, the TV rights to that. As long as people, like TV stations and channels and networks around the world continue paying for that league uh, to broadcast that league, that's guaranteed money. That's guaranteed millions, no matter if they finish last or finish first, because there is no relegation. I mean, to me, to me, that goes against everything in terms of um, the, the, all the beliefs I have in soccer in terms of promotion, relegation, and making it exciting and making making it accountable. But the only accounting in this is is the financial accounting in, in terms of the money. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think um, PSG would be particularly risky because they haven't. <laughs> They just uh, uh, are risky from a competitive standpoint because they just haven't, with the exception of last year, the mini tournament, proven that they can uh, advance deep in, in really deep in European competition. For Bayern, I think it's less risky. I mean, they've they I th- I don't know if any team has made the semifinals and f- or finals as many times of uh, the of the Champions League over the last twelve years or so as they have. So uh, so even in in the in the the, the competitive atmosphere of uh, European Super League, I think Bayern would be very good. But yeah, I think it's money. I also think they just think that their branding will be so high because there is this thing where they're just these random American sports franchises that have all this popularity when they don't win anything. <laughs> and, and they're rewarded, and, and and maybe there'll be a system in in this Super League where they reward the teams that lose because that's uh, one of the aspects of American sports that I can't stand is that the teams that 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 lose, the teams that should be relegated to a lower league, get rewarded with the with the top top draft pick, and and in some sometimes that uh, that instantly makes them the best team a, a year or two later. So uh, yeah. it's uh, it's ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point too. Because uh, if you go to Europe and walk around the streets of London or any any of the major cities in Europe, you'll see a, a ton of people that live there that are locals wearing baseball caps of yeah. random. I mean, whether it's uh, base it's baseball teams, right? It's not yeah. just the Yankees, right? And, and and oftentimes they may fall in love with a club, just as we do w- with following clubs in in. I mean. England or South America or Asia or Africa or wherever it may be, we love fall in love with clubs because of the stories or, or sometimes just random things that happen that make us want to like like that club. Maybe it's the colors that they wear. Um, but yeah, it, a lot of it is branding and, and and branding does work. It does. I mean, people do, do buy merchandise and they do they do get into the teams that way. So Nick, Nick goes on to say, number two, creating a viable franchising system based on the current group of big clubs doesn't make any business sense. U.S. leagues have clubs spread across this country with no, no more than two clubs in any city, and that is only in rare cases and in only the largest cities in the country. Uh, the current group of big clubs is not well distributed across the continent. They are all, almost always entirely clustered in five countries and within those countries in specific cities. It wouldn't make any sense to have two clubs from Manchester and Milan in this league, uh, but no teams from Moscow or Berlin. Uh, the way to actually make money doing something like this would be to create a US-style league where teams are strategically put into top markets. I think some of the clubs involved in this have to realize that this is the logical end game, And in this scenario, they would be on the chopping block. I think this is a really really a game of chicken and when push comes to shove most of the people involved in this would back out they are using this idea to gain leverage 
And while I agree with that, Kartik, I, I think it is absolutely, I don't think it's a game of chicken, but they're definitely applying these ideas because of leverage. They're pushing as hard as they can get to get the most that they can get to get UEFA to go ahead and, and change uh, in, in, you mean, in the interest of the big clubs. Uh, and if they don't change, I could see them moving through and, and pushing through some of these things. We've seen that with the Premier League. The Premier League, uh, before it existed, it was the big clubs in England saying like, hey, we've had enough of this football league system. We want to go ahead and change it, create our own league and have our own massive TV deals and think globally rather than just thinking locally. And that's the thing about what Nick is saying here, too, is that um, we're saying like to have the team spread out. I don't think that's... um, a wise uh, point only because it's not about your local markets. It's about TV viewers. So somebody watching the European Super League and they're based in, I don't know, Argentina, they, they don't care that Manchester City and Manchester United uh, are, you mean, within a, a close region to one another. I mean, you mean United uh, in Trafford outside, this, outside the city. Um, they may, might think that Manchester United is in the, the heart of Manchester. They, they, they don't care. It's all about the team. It's all about the players. It's all about um, being watching that team. It, the, the local side of things, I, I think, has no relevance in this in this regard. All right, Chelsea's in Fulham, actually, <laughs> which I, I like to point out a lot uh, when uh, uh, when people. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I just like to point that out that 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 that, that uh, there's more than one club in Fulham. Right. Uh, Disco George says, with regards to the streaming versus TV debate, it just highlights what a weird place soccer currently occupies on television. Soccer isn't popular enough to dislodge any of the, the, the other big sports out there out of their TV slots. But slicing it into soccer focused channels hasn't really been sustainable long term either. Uh, We're stuck with this weird thing where we get to pay for 87 streaming services and simultaneously supposed to be grateful whenever soccer is on TV. And he's right. We're right in this middle of this of change. I mean, we're probably feeling the change more than other. I mean, NFL fans, I think, for the most part, haven't felt this change. Right. I mean, NFL fans still turn on the TV on a Sunday afternoon. And we'll just flip through the channels and, and we'll pick the game that they want to see for the most part. They haven't felt these changes like we've felt them as soccer fans. Yeah, I, I think the uh, uh, it's only American football, right? Uh, college football has even more games on TV than the NFL. Um, the, 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 the basketball fans have definitely felt it. Uh, baseball fans who I've talked to have felt it. They, uh, uh, they, they, those sports still have more uh, uh, games on television, but you're beginning to see the shift. Um, and, uh, and we we're just in this in-between area. I think that's absolutely right, what Disco George is saying. All right, four more comments left. Chris says, found the logic behind the rankings from last week's podcast a bit bizarre, to be honest. The criticism of NBC, which uh, both rankers, uh, both you and I, Kartik, agreed upon, was that NBC hadn't sought out more rights beyond the Premier League. Uh, They then proceeded to rank higher than ESPN, which has reduced the amount of soccer rights it shows on ESPN TV and CBS, which shows very little on TV. Only one English language network, NBC, has a dedicated weekly soccer slot and only one cable channel, NBCSN, provides comprehensive coverage of a European league. 
combined with the high production values of their coverage and the exposure they give soccer, NBC's ranking was, by the logic articulated uh, in the rankings, bizarre. What would you what would you lend um, the Premier League's production values to in terms of uh, the high production? What would you uh, say about that, Kartik? Yeah, I do think NBC's production values were the highest when they uh, started the Premier League rights. I don't think the production has, has, has improved particularly. Even Premier League production stuff is not uh, it's not as cutting edge as it used to be. That's not NBC's fault, by the way. That's Premier League production's fault. And they, But they, they, they use the world feed for a lot of matches. So I think that production-wise, they're now behind um, CVS for sure and, and probably behind ESPN also. Um, by the way, um, I, I'm not sure if uh, uh, just in one thing in defense of CBS. A part of my consideration for CBS is that they show uh, the NWSL a lot of they've showed a lot of NWSL matches in a condensed season on television, um, which uh, I, I sometimes I think people who watch European football or, me, or just men's soccer forget that uh, that that we have a, a women's soccer league in the U.S. And to NBC's credit, they're showing um, the the. Uh, uh, the WSL, they had two matches. They were supposed to have two matches this past weekend, but they were uh, snowed out. Uh, but they they uh, they uh, have made that effort. But that's part of my um, my consideration for for CBS. And in terms of ESPN, they still show a ton of MLS games on network. Yeah. And their production values for those are very high. They still show one weekly Serie A match. On television, I agree with actually Chris's point about um, uh, NBC SN having the dedicated cable sp- uh, slots, and we just went through talking about how that's so important. And if they can't commit to that on USA, the Premier League might have to say uh, might have to look for another uh, media partner in the US. I do I do agree with that, but we are seeing that kind of diminish, and I think just the quality of coverage on NBC has diminished. Um, ESPN also shows other you know, random matches, right? Bundesliga matches on TV and, and obviously uh, Spanish, Spanish cup matches, uh, German cup matches, German cup matches on ESPN three also, uh, which is kind of a forgotten thing in between ESPN linear and ESPN plus. Uh, but keep in mind, I do, I, I think it's also forgotten that there is a, at least one weekly serial match uh, on ESPN, uh, uh, whether yeah. it's on ESPN two or on ESPN, there's at least one a week. The other thing about NBC, too, is that um, the quality is there for sure, um, but the quantity has decreased. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. Like, if we go back to 2013, the first season that they had the league, and then uh, years after that, there's a lot of programming that's, that they used to do that they don't do any longer. One of them is yeah. Match of the Day. That yeah. was that was a big deal, right? They were like, okay. In particular, I miss. I, I, yeah. And part, part of my... Part of my uh, um, critique of NBC might be that I'm not getting that program anymore. It's it's um, now thankful because of Peacock, and they did it on Gold before. But Peacock does give us um, the um, the Premier League channel, right? But I'm sometimes having to go back and watch that Premier League channel to pick up things that they used to have on Match of the Day. 
Um, and uh, we're not getting any of the documentary programs that we used to get. We're not getting uh, – I, I know I've said this on repeatedly on podcasts, but in context of this question, not having the Neil Ashton segment, not finding a replacement there, not having even the, the, the Steve Bauer segment, which I thought was particularly good on Mondays, and not finding a replacement there. It just feels like they've dumbed down or watered down their coverage. I don't know what the right word is, dumbed down or watered I think- down. Yeah, I think uh, cut back. I think I think yeah. I mean to me in terms of they've tight, tightened the ship quite a bit and and still do a good job. Um, just not good enough to rank as number one um, in our ratings uh, as of right now on television. But uh, yeah, good points, Chris. And then uh, just a couple more comments to go. Hans says, uh, listen to the comments made about piped in crowd noise. And while it may be here to stay, I do not like it at all because they can't sync the crowd reaction to what is happening on the field, especially if there is a miss of a shot on goal a few seconds after the miss. You have fake. Uh, uh, I prefer the, the the live sounds from the players and the coaches, which I enjoyed very much listening to in Serie A, hearing Gattuso firing off on his players. Uh, I prefer that to the fake crowd noise. And then uh, Raymond and Robert um, mentioned some comments. I'll, I'll read this as one just because they carry the, the same thought uh, or similar thoughts. And that's Raymond says, now that Jordan Morris has left the Major League Soccer, uh, you can make the argument that the first for the first time uh, that MLS's history, that none of the uh, top five most talented Americans are playing in Major League Soccer. Uh, is this good or bad for MLS? And then Robert says, uh, you guys were correct. The MLS is a feeders club league for um, for Europe. The Sounders lose uh, if the Swans do, if the Swans go up. Jordan Morris, uh, one of the league stars. Now New York Red Bulls uh, will be sending uh, Caleb um, Clark to RB Salzburg, and will sign another seventeen-year-old uh, from Venezuela. This really makes me mad. The future of the league is is sold off and then replaced with has-beens and inexpensive youngsters. I, 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 to me, though, Kantik, I see this as, as a positive. It's yeah. more, more of a reality of where Major League Soccer is in the global transfer market um, and where it ranks globally as a league. And it's, it's in the top 10, which is a huge accomplishment. I'd say it's probably uh, a number eight or a number nine in, in the best leagues from around the world. Um, but when the other leagues come calling... And they want to sign XYZ player, uh, some young American, uh, you mean that's playing for Philadelphia or no, or FC Dallas or or Toronto, or whichever club it is. Um, they have to, I mean, consider the offer and think about the offer, think about how much money they can possibly make, and then look to South America to go ahead or and and sign a young player, bring him up into Major League Soccer, make him a star. And then sell him on for for more more money. I, I mean, it's almost like any any club. If you're in the second division, or you're in the Premier League, or La Liga, but you're in the bottom half of the table, if the big guns come in asking uh, to to sign a player and offering money, you take it because you can you can benefit from that in the long run. The the challenge with this though, Kartik, I guess the, the big question really is about the American stars. Is you I mean if Major League Soccer doesn't have the American stars? playing in, in its own league um do you see that as a good thing or a bad thing for uh first off i don't think mls is one of the top 10 leagues in the world i'd say it's in the top 
20, but I don't think it's in the top 10. In fact, I think probably all of the top 10 leagues, with the exception of maybe the, the Brazil and Argentina, Brazil in particular, are in Europe. Um, so, but but I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing that young MLS stars, Aronson's another one uh, from Philly Union, uh, uh, young MLS stars are moving to Europe. It's an integration. It's a recognition of how good MLS is getting, how good the players are getting here, and the player development is in our league that they've moved on to other play, to other places and are succeeding. I take a lot of pride as an American in Jack Harrison's performances. Another goal for lead the, Leeds the other day. Uh, developed in an American prep school. I know he's English, but developed in an American prep school. Spent some time at Wake Forest and then uh, uh, played in MLS. That gives me pride as an American soccer fan. I know a lot of MLS fans want their league, uh, want these guys to always stay in their league. I'm really happy Jack Harrison is at Leeds United and not at NYCFC anymore. So I think it's a good thing for the league. I'm using Jack Harrison as an example because he just scored this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really good thing for, for, for American soccer and for MLS. And like I said, guys like Jack Harrison give me as an American soccer uh, uh, person a lot of pride. I think it's a good thing for the U.S. men's national team, having a lot of these players go to Europe and, or go to other leagues around the world and gain uh, more experience at a higher level, uh, gain better coaching, uh, better training, uh, and then come back to play for the U.S. men's national team uh, in a better level than what they were before. My, my concern, though, is just that um, if you have a league in the United States where there's very few young american stars if if the majority of them you know the top 5 are now heading to europe um it may it may hurt attendances for for it, attendances maybe not so much because i mean you you have that loyalty with your local club so it's about that club but tv ratings at least in terms of i mean would having no american stars yet uh, unless it's the next wave of players that come through the system but does that hurt national tv ratings I believe it does. I think people would be less likely. I mean, they they want to see. We've seen all the the hoopla and the hype about uh, Christian Pulisic uh, playing for Chelsea, right? And how has it moved the needle? Has Pulisic moved the needle? I, I mean, yeah, but has has I can't I can't stand this this conversation about him. When Tuchel drops him for the first game, and all Twitter is is, oh my gosh, how could he do this? You know, Pulisic is the best player in the world. I I I don't know that it's helped NBC's ratings. Are the ratings for Chelsea games actually higher than they were three years ago? Uh, probably not. But 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 to be honest with you, though, has Christian Pulisic moved the needle himself? I mean, no. yes, he's been in a system that. I mean, when you he got the hat trick against Burnley, that definitely created a whole bunch of hype. But then since then, there's, there hasn't been much to look look at. Yeah, I'd love to see Jordan Morris, a player who was actually reared in in our college system and reared in our league at Seattle, uh, go to Swansea, help him get promoted, and then go to the Premier League next year and score goals in the Premier League. I I would take more pride in that than Christian Pulisic, who seems to have been overhyped and overdone by NBC. I mean, I'm, I'm... since the quite initial question was about Jordan Morris, and I know he's going to your club, actually, Chris, I'm really happy about this. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jordan Morris's, uh, as people know. I mean, at one time I said he was better than Pulisic. That maybe that was uh, uh, maybe I was wrong about that. But um, but I, I, I'm I'm excited about this move. And yeah, maybe if you take a guy like Morris out of MLS, it, it, it affects ratings. Um, the question is, does it affect ratings? 
that much. Um, I, I, you might be right, actually, when I think about it. I think uh, uh, these other names we're mentioning, it doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. I think Morris does matter, right? He's a star. And you're taking him away from maybe the most popular club also in the league, the most visible club. That, that probably does have an effect on ratings. Yeah, I think it's okay as long as those academies keep on producing top talent and they get playing time. And I mean, with the number of clubs in Major League Soccer, there's plenty of, of space available for these players to get playing time um, and then just seeing them progress. But I guess the, the jeopardy in that is if the European clubs are coming in sooner and acquiring these players players at a younger age, um, kind of right off the assembly line, so to speak, rather than letting them become stars first in Major League Soccer, then signing them. Um, it could it could hurt MLS TV ratings on a, on a national level where fans may not be... They're, they're very passionate, patriotic U.S. men's national team uh, fans that may not have much interest in watching MLS players because, or MLS because there's less American stars. And then now they're watching more Serie A, watching more Bundesliga, watching more... Uh, other leagues that have, I mean, Austrian league or Belgian league, they have a lot of American players playing with them, uh, playing for them. All right, guys, this has been a long episode, but uh, we appreciate you sticking around. Lots We've talked a lot about a lot of things in this episode, but if you have anything that you want to ask or any comments, any feedback, um, any opinions you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. So we want you to have your say. You can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can post your comments on worldsoccertalk.com. If you haven't read the story that uh, we broke this week about La Liga, possibly move into ESPN Plus in the future. Definitely check that out at worldsoccertalk.com. And uh, we'll go ahead, probably within the next week, we'll go ahead and, and post those um, those rankings and ratings uh, for the, the top American um, soccer networks. If you missed the, the podcast episode, we'll, we'll have that on the website uh, uh, under Cardic's name um, in the next few days or so. All right, Kartik, uh, let's get out of here. Okay, so where can listeners uh, find you and uh, what should they do this weekend? KKFLA737 on Twitter, obviously worldsoccertalk.com uh, on uh, on the web. And this weekend, with all the football action from around Europe and around the world, enjoy your football. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. 
treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.